Welcome into the Ots and Audibles podcast. Matt Prem, Eric Scopel, Kevin Wade on the show tonight from Autzen Stadium. We're currently inside the the uh, Boosters Athletic Director of Cal, the opponents. Yeah, they've got, they got some really nice wine here that we're, we're, we're maybe going to take a bottle of. We'll see. You are. <laughs> As an Eric Scopel. Uh, don't have your we're, social out so they read we, that off. We are not doing that. If anyone's <laughs> listening to this, that cares. Uh, recapping Oregon's victory over California, 17-7. to Ducks improved to 4-1 and overall, 2-0 and in conference play. Uh, strange game. I mean, just a game that just was out of sync the entire time. It felt like, for at least an offensive standpoint right. because the offense totaled in this football game 404 yards of, of offense. They ran for, uh, what was it, 190. 190. They, you know, Herbert was 214. He averaged 10 yards per completion. He threw a touchdown. He, he threw three incompletion, uh, 13 incomplete passes. wasn't necessarily his best game, um, but I don't think it was his his worst. Worst of the year. Worst of the year. But but not of his career. Not of his career, but, but it was like one of those games where, and from Oregon's side all the way to California's 25, things were progressing really well. Mm-hmm. And then once they just got down into the red zone of Stanford, Stanford of Colorado, uh, Colorado, what game, <laughs> what game did I watch? I have no idea. Cal- <laughs> California. Game. We have no idea who we played. But. Uh, whenever they got into like the 20-yard line of California, it just... Oregon's offense just sludged. I mean, they had Herbert's interception in the first quarter, Travis Dye fumbling on a fourth down when he was diving for extra yardage. Not even touched on that. Yeah, not even touched. He just dropped it. Uh, You had the missed field goal. You had a couple of... Turnover um, on downs? A couple of turnover on downs. You had another fumble from Travis Dye that wasn't inside the 25, but it was a play that, you know, like it was a drive that was progressing well. about, About midfield. Just a, a, a weird game offensively, and so I think you walk away with this like feeling, wow, Oregon played bad, they won, you feel grateful about it, but they played bad. And normally Mario Cristobal is like, hey, we got to win. We, you, know, you have to be happy about wins. You never get upset about that. And while he never said that line tonight, you definitely got the feeling that like he even himself was like, man, we played bad. Yeah, I think he he sensed the fact that they played very sloppy in this game. I think that was his word a couple times, especially offensively in that first half. Yes. I mean, like they, they didn't score in that first half, and I think, Kevin, what was the stat since the Indiana game in 2004? 2004. First time Oregon's been shut out in, in an opening half at uh, Odson. That's, that's very significant, and we should mention the touchdown streak went down for the Oregon defense. Yep. Cal got in the end zone on their second drive of the game on, like, I don't want to detract from Devon Modster, but like he had some pretty fluky passes that were completed on yes. that drive. I mean, there's a third and ten that he lofted the ball like probably 50 feet in the air, and it came down. It was a heck of a catch on the sideline. Yeah. Um, Cal's offense really never threatened after that, besides when they missed a field goal. Um, so the defense did its work, but you're right. I mean, it's hard to really take too many positives away from the offense. Um, Michael Pittman played, four catches, 43 yards. That was great to see. Brendan Schooler made his season debut, one for 21. Those are positives. Breland had another good game. Travis Dye, besides the fumbles, ran for 81 yards at five and a half yards of carry. That's good. Cyrus Hibbi Likio came back. He scored a running touchdown. These are all like these little positive elements, but overall, it was. There's no, it's, there's it's no a, it's overall. A, it's bad. Positive I mean, it's there's bad. a winner on the scoreboard, but you, you can't really say there are any offensive winners. Yes. I would agree with that. Individually. Yeah. I think good for Michael Pittman. Mm-hmm. I mean, Mario Cristobal's really said he's really happy with him. He's a guy that just really wants to be out there. And after he made his first two, maybe three catches, he was just jacked up. 
uh, on the field celebrating. So it's it's, it's interesting to see um, the guys get back. Schooler had a really big 21-yard catch. Mm-hmm. So I think that, that those are the important things, but there were no winners, and this is a team that, as they prepare for Colorado and then Washington the week after, uh, is going to have some tough times in practice trying to figure out, okay, what are we doing wrong, and how can we address it in a game? I think the okay, thing... Well, Oregon had 26 first downs. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like... Right. They gained yards. It's, 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 yeah, it's the weird thing is that against this defense, 400 yards of offense is really good mm-hmm. against Cal- against Cal- uh, California's defense. Right. And that's the second most that they've allowed all year. I mean, I think Mississippi had like 530 yards of total offense, and a good chunk of that, or two good chunks of that, came in you know, the final two drives for Mississippi in that football game. Um, and you look at the other teams that California played this year, and they're all in the low 300s in terms of total yardage. So Oregon moved the ball against, I think, a very good defense. I agree. But it, it's just the weirdest thing. It's just they when they got into the critical parts of the field, they just didn't execute. Yeah. And that's what Mario Cristobal said afterwards. Could That's not their MO, is that they've always hammered home that you finish drives and you make the plays that's needed, and they just didn't do that. And taking away that from this game and going into what's next, they have a short week. They have Colorado coming to town. They're, they've now lost uh, tonight against Arizona. So they're kind of reeling a little bit. They've lost two of the last three games. Uh, trying to, you know, that game will be uber important for them because if they lose one one more in conference play, you know, Colorado's probably knocked out of possibility of winning the Pac-12 South. Could so you know they're gonna they're gonna be coming into Austin pretty fired up. But at the same time, Oregon's gotta get themselves figured out, and we don't know the extent of C.J. Verdell's injury yeah. because I, I think this game would have been a different outcome offensively if Verdell didn't get hurt because it was clear in my mind in the first quarter they could run the football effectively when he was in the game. We should mention that the fumbles both came after Verdell was injured Yep. Um, by Travis Dye, and it was in like three or four, I think two fumbles in like three or four plays. And yeah. to me, I think the thing that's frustrating is two things. You're coming off a bye week. You've had a you lot of time sloppy. to prepare for this, and you just didn't look sloppy. You just didn't, I mean, your first three possessions end in turnovers. I mean, that's, that's not good. That's yeah. really rough. And then you had a punt, missed field goal, and then the end of the half, second half, punt, field goal, punt, and then you finally got it together with a couple touchdown drives mixed in there. And the other thing is that when you when the defense forces seven three and outs, like Oregon did, the yeah. offense needs to pick up the slack in there. Yep. I mean, if you look at the numbers here, they had seven three and outs, and Oregon scored a touchdown coming off of one of those. I, I mean, that's that's not good. No. So one thing that just kind of stood out to me was until Die had the two fumbles, I think the Ducks only had two downfield shots, maybe three. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't take a lot, which was pretty surprising. Until Die got injured, and that, or sorry, not Verdell. Verdell yeah. got injured, Die had the fumbles, then it was like, oh, second half, we need to move the ball. And I think there were some great play calls when they started to take vertical shots. Well, and we should mention that the t- second touchdown to Jalen Red, like, that's an awesome play call from Marcus yes. Like, And people are really critical of Arroyo on Twitter. I don't necessarily think play call was the issue. play call issue to me. It was like, no. you got. They moved the ball, like we said, just fine. And maybe there are spots where, like, maybe they should have thrown it or been more aggressive in spots. But, like, I, I didn't have a huge issue with a lot of what they did. And I thought, I mean, if you don't give credit to Marcus Arroyo for that play design, or whoever called that play, it, that second touchdown, that was beautiful. That was a yes. perfect play call. It was really well designed. It worked out with a, a walk-in touchdown that put the game over. 
or ended the game, you know, put on the ice. Um, that was great. To me, that was just a couple of guys made mistakes. Herbert was probably uncharacteristically not great in this game. Like, he was good to average in this game. It was not his best of the year. I mean, he had some really, really good throws. He did. And then he had some really, really bad throws for his yeah. his level he, of play. He missed Breland in the end zone on a touchdown. It was yep. a tight window. He was a little bit behind him. That would have been a touchdown. I thought his forced throw for Jalen Red was... A bad throw, right? There were a couple. There, there were a couple times we, it was going to be questionable, but like again, overall, it, it it was an average to not great game from him. And it's you play a good defense like Cal, that might happen, but I just think you come away going like, boy, you go into this short week against Colorado, and then you have Washington right after that, and I think that okay, this game felt like an opportunity to like really put your foot down yeah. and announce yourself as the dominant team in the Pac-12 North. I don't think you come out of this game feeling that way. Unfortunately, the defense did enough to do that. The offense didn't put enough points on the board. wasn't consistent enough. Made too many mistakes. Um, I think eight turnovers, or sorry, eight penalties in this game. By the way, for like eighty-five yards, that was uncharacteristic. Four sacks. Four sacks was great. I mean, they had they had seven. No, Oregon had or, or excuse me, uh, Cal, California only had what? what was it was it? one. They sack had one sack I, for whatever reason. I thought they had four for whatever reason. But yeah, I, I think does this does this game change your opinion though of Oregon's chances of going in? To Washington, and and winning on the road there, or winning the Pac-12 North Division title. Like, does this game? Are you the same? Are you so confident that they can win, or more confident, I should say? Not, or are you are you feeling less confident that I'm they can win? I'm not more confident for sure. I, I didn't see enough offensively. I was disappointing offensively. I know Cal's got a good defense, but like. I, I thought they had opportunity to score at least two or three more touchdowns. Right. I, I really wonder what would have happened had Chase Garber been healthy for this yeah. game. That's a great that point. This I game might have been pretty competitive. Monster was bad. Yeah. He was not good. He made a couple he had a couple nice throws, but yeah, to your point, I, I'm not feeling – I don't think I feel any worse, in part because as we're recording this, Stanford is up 10 points in yep. the second half over Washington, so I'm not sure how good Washington is. Um, but also because I just didn't see enough of – Oregon's defense is legit. It's good. It's very, very good. Like that was very clear once again tonight. The offense didn't do enough to, impre- to like impress me. Where I come away going like, there it is. There's that offense we've been looking for. I mean, two touchdowns in this game and a field goal is, is I think, just disappointing. I don't think any team on Oregon. You know, I don't think for the most part last year's Oregon team, 2017, 2016, 15, 13, 12. Eleven, maybe. I don't know if they if if those teams win tonight. If you if you tell if you tell them, hey, your offense is going to be awful, and you're not going to be able to execute correctly. You're not going to make the big plays when you need to, or majority of them. Right. And you need to win a football game that's going to have fewer than twenty four points. You know, twenty five points scored in it. I don't have any confidence in really any of those teams outside of the national championship team in 2014 and the national championship team in 2010. Which did basically which that did, at Cal. Yeah, Cal did that That's in true. 2010. Mm-hmm. Um, 15, but 13, right? I, I don't feel a lot of confidence in you know in a lot of these past Oregon teams to win this type of a game. That's a good and point. so I think if 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 you want to find a silver lining out of this is look, 
Oregon played awful offensively. I mean, I don't even think I would give them a, a C-plus grade as a team. Oh, you're I, challenging me for my defensive grades yes. tomorrow. I mean, I, I, I'm meaning, like, if, if I were in your position, Eric, and give, tell, tell give, giving out grades, I, I would I would seriously give, give this team probably a C-minus. And No, the, the offense. The offense. Okay. the offense. Yeah, that's about what I was thinking. And yet this team wins by two scores. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's where we're at right now in terms of how good this defense is. And, yes, Cal's offense is not very good. They were already, even before the Chase Garber's injury, they were already, you know, limited in what they could do. But at the same time, this group is playing at a level that's pretty remarkable. And, yeah, the streak ended up touchdowns and, and whatnot. But they, again, seven points. I mean, their average continues to go down. Mm-hmm. Five, how many straight games? No, four straight games with... Four under, straight games under 10 points. I think it's the first time since 65, they said in the uh, I think 60 or 65. Something like that. It's been like over 50 years since they've done this. So, again, it's impressive, right? Yeah. So, I look at this saying, like, hey, defense, keep doing what you're doing. Because if you play like this every game, you're going to have a chance to win every single game mm-hmm. that's left on your schedule because the defense is so good. It's the offense drop to keep them off. It, now it's just up to the offense of – can you score 24 points a game? Because if you score 24 a game, your defense is good enough where you're going to, I feel like that's enough to win any game that they play left on the schedule. I feel the same way. I was just going to say that feels like our, we used to do hot takes in the podcast. Maybe that's the hot take is that for the, re- the final seven games of the regular season here, I think if Oregon scores 24 more points, they're going to win all of them. Yeah. I really do. And that's, I mean, that's my, that's my takeaway from this I is agree. that the offense has its issues. We know that. We've talked about that. The coaches acknowledge that tonight. Mario Cristobal said the offense has to get better. Mm-hmm. That's been admitted. But knowing that and knowing what you have on the defensive side of the football, it might not be pretty. It might not be sexy, and it might not be what you know everyone grew up watching Oregon football. You know, from 2000 to 2016 or 2015, where they scored a ton of points and you know yards were you know coming in, in droves, but. The matter is, is they're four and one, and they continue to to pace themselves as the Pac-12 North Division leader, mm-hmm. and they have a defense that you know going in into any game left on the schedule, they will keep Oregon in the football game. I want to run down a couple defensive stat leaders here. We talked about offense, and I thought the defense stole the show. Isaac Slade, uh, seven tackles, one and a half for loss, a sack, a couple quarterback hits, a pass breakup, probably his best game as a duck. Kayvon Thibodeau, two sacks tonight, and I don't even know if we've talked about it. Gus Cumberland got hurt in this game. Could be a career ender, yeah. possibly just carted off with an air cast on his left leg. Yeah, we don't want to speculate much, but any it's a time, senior any air time cast. The air cast is pulled out. It's really bad. Yeah, it's a very bad sign. And so that's that's we should just that's really tragic because he would have been what the last time he had two games. I guess the Stanford game that he was the Pac-12's defensive lineman of the year. The yeah. guy who week. hardly or week sorry guy who hardly played for. For three seasons at Oregon, has turned himself into a really, really good football player. So it sucks to see him go down. Um, Thibodeau probably the guy who benefits, if you want to say benefit, but the person who from a playing time. Who sees the in- increase in PT? He's the one who gets the biggest impact. <clears throat> but he did have two sacks tonight, probably his best game. Uh, also a forced fumble. How about Popo getting in there for his first sack? That was nice. Nice play up the middle. He is come on. He's having he, a really he nice. He played really good here. against Stanford last mm-hmm. two weeks ago. And he played again really good tonight against California. There's, Sneaky. I think Jordan Scott's a guy that could go pro this year. I agree. And while I don't think Popo would just, there would be no drop, I think there would be a, a slight drop off. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people have talked like, hey, what are they doing from a recruiting standpoint? How are they going to find a nose tackle? Who's going to come in? Like, 
part of me thinks like they can be very selective with their limited numbers because of the development of Popo and some of the freshmen that they signed that are true freshmen this year behind him. Uh, two, two other just stat things really quick. Two interceptions in this game. Uh, Troy Dye, Trevon Holland has his start of the season. That's got to move him close to the top of the top yeah, of the leaderboard. Yeah. I haven't looked, but I'm assuming that's either tied for first or fully first. I'll look at it while you keep going. Um, this. Uh, Troy Dye didn't have a tackle until like the Second drive of the third quarter, yeah, that was right. um, which was interesting. But he ended up with four tackles, including one for loss, and, and again that in- interception. And that interception was pretty pivotal in terms of putting that game basically won the game on ice because yeah, it, it, it became suddenly as a two score game and, and uh, Oregon was, was in full control. So real quick, three interceptions going into tonight was the lead in the Pac-12 with uh, three different, four different guys: uh, Lorenzo Burns of Arizona, Jace Whitaker, ironically enough, of Arizona. Michael Onu of Colorado and Cameron Williams of Washington don't know. They have no idea if how if those today. guys have interceptions today or what. You know, a couple other guys in the league have two, so but it's possible. He's he's up there. He's, he's up yeah, there. He's certainly right into the top. I still think only had three tackles. Uh, was maybe a quieter day in some regard. Still one of the team's best defensive players. Maybe the team's best defensive player, and it's still a guy who I think has a, a big argument in terms of potentially being a, a first team on conference defensive guy. I think uh, Jordan Scott kind of just the disruption that he caused especially in the first half and I think with Troy Dye not having uh, a tackle so real I think this this was a game that benefited Jordan Scott's style of play. Yes. Of I mean one we, we said this since he was a freshman but he's incredibly fast mm-hmm. on the snap and with Cal having to go to a backup center right. that just created a lot of havoc. This is one where the stat sheet lies because he had two two tackles and a half a tackle for loss, but it felt like he was in on way more like, than way that. more. Yeah, than he's a guy that not going to show up on the stat sheet, but he is. He can yeah, even if he doesn't make the play, he's pivotal in terms of the disruption in the back. Yeah, he was, he was, it, it was, he was a great, tonight. very good game for him. As we wrap up this podcast, a lot could change in the next. I don't know. 20 minutes after after we wrap up this podcast because Washington is going into the fourth quarter trailing Stanford 20 to 13. Stanford has the ball around midfield. Obviously, when you listen to this podcast, the <laughs> outcome of that game will have happened. Um, right. Real quick though, let's. I don't want to go too deep down the rabbit hole here, but let's just Spectre. consider the option Spectre. that mm-hmm. Stanford wins this football game. Yeah, the score hole. What that has two losses. Washington State has two Cal losses. Has two. Cal now has two. Washington now has two Stanford's losses. Got two. St- yep, Stanford has Stanford has two losses in conference play. Oregon has a basically a two game lead. Don't forget about the Beavers, right? Don't they only have one loss? Yes, that's hey, true. Oh, half a game back. Or whatever. Yeah, game but back. Oregon is in a position. You don't want to go too down the rabbit hole, right. but. Destiny is in Oregon's hands right now to win the Pac-12 North. It is, and we've been saying this, and if that score does hold Washington and Stanford, that is best-case scenario. Because, again, you're in a spot here where it's like now Oregon, who has looked up and down at times, like, you could theoretically, like, I was looking at this. You go up to UW and lose. I was going to say, you go up to UW and lose, you could probably get away with maybe being, like, 6-3 and in the Pac-12 North and still win the division, which is crazy. I was looking at. I don't think there's been a division or a, an outright Pac-12 or Pac-10 champion at six and three for like 28 years or something like that. It doesn't happen. Yeah. The reality so is this: it's impossible. If that score holds, the reality is it doesn't matter how Oregon wins; they just have to keep winning. Yeah. Because if you're the Pac-12 North champion, it doesn't matter if you won every game by one. 
You're the champion. Yeah, Oregon's won two games in conference play, and they're both against Pac-12 division teams. That means they have the tiebreaker against Cal and Stanford. So they're three, basically up three games now over the Cardinals are not gonna and the Cal, and they're not going to be able to overcome Oregon unless yeah. the Ducks all of a sudden get hit with some massive injury to Herbert or something else happens, and they just nosedive. Let's put it this way. Like, who's really even on the table to win the Pac-12 North besides Oregon right now? Washington? Yep. Oregon State? And maybe Washington State, who yeah. also has two losses? It, it would take a lot. It would take a lot Any of those teams like, to Oregon's do it. in really and good position, even though we're two games in. Yeah, it's it's kind of wild to see how the Ducks have positioned themselves and looking at the schedule. It'll be very interesting to see what happens, uh, especially with the result that we don't know right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's live podcasting. Yes. For so for uh, Kevin Wade, Eric Scopel, and myself, Matt Frame, thanks for listening to the Odds and Audibles podcast. Ducks improved to four and one with a seventeen to seven victory. Uh, over the California Golden Bears. They'll be back inside Austin Stadium Friday night against Pac-12 South opponent Colorado. We will be there. Uh, stick with us throughout the week as we give you, you guys your post-game coverage from tonight and your pre-game coverage for that one next Friday. Thanks, guys. Adios, amigos.